Welcome in to There Will Be Bourbon. I am your host, Eric Banizeski, and I want you to understand I am doing a UFC 251 preview show from Fight Island. Well, not from Fight Island, for Fight Island. I literally just did 42 minutes with our resident fight expert, my brother. Uh, I get it. It's nepotism. But I just did that. And... Um, <laughs> We forgot to hit record. So he is gone. However, I'm gonna recap quickly what he said uh, because that is a pretty impressive thing. Like the way this recording thing works, like we hit record, but we didn't select the, the, note, the location and then it kind of finished. So anyway, that's that. All right, so yeah, rookie mistake. Hey, we, look, I, I pay myself in bourbon here, all right? And look, this is what we got. We've got a little Hancock Special Reserve, uh, or yeah, President's Reserve from the GOAT Distillery again, Buffalo Trace. So I'm just going to go over a little bit of everything we talked about. Um, we're just going to rehash the three title fights, right? So tomorrow night, we already know UFC 251 from Fight Island takes place on, on, uh, out in Abu Dhabi. And you got three title fights. You got a, you got, Peter Yan and uh, Jose Aldo taking or, or having a fight for the vacated belt by Henry Cejudo. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we talked about is uh, how the, the styles make the fights, right? Jose Aldo is a, uh, he's the older fighter, but he's been around forever and he's been fighting for a very long time. Uh, Peter Yan has everything going in his favor. He's won, uh, he's won his last two fights. Um, I'm sorry. He's won his last three fights. Uh, Aldo's, He's, uh, he's lost his last two, including one, obviously, against Volkanovski, who's fighting later for the, uh, the belt against Max Holloway. But uh, there's just a lot going in Jan's favor at this point. Um, that's who we have the decision into, in terms of betting on. Uh, Jan is a heavy favorite, I think, in my opinion. He's at minus 210. His fight may go up in terms of the gambling aspect. Uh, for those of you not familiar with gambling odds, Minus 210 means you have to bet $100 to win 200, or I'm sorry, you have to bet $210 to win 100. So again, when you look at lines and it comes to gambling, the minus sign in front of the number means that they are the uh, favorite. The plus sign means the opposite, right? So if it, he was a, uh, a plus 210, for example, if you bet 100, you would win 210. So you always got to think in, in, in uh, margins of 100. That's what I like to do. Uh, so now that we've explained that going forward, when we do these, these uh, shows, you will never have to hear me uh, explain that to you again. But however, Peter Jan is a minus 210 favorite. So again, big favorite. I like him. My brother liked him. And uh, I wish you were here to actually hear his breakdown of the fight because it was very good. And so all I can do is hype it for these uh, UFC preview shows going forward. Again, uh, if you don't remember, used to do the Vegas Takedown show on Game Theory Radio. I would bring my brother on for the uh, fight. Um, breakdowns, trained mixed martial arts most of his life, uh, very knowledgeable, knows everything that you need to know about fighting, breaks down the fighters very well. He'll give you a unemotional stylistic breakdown along with uh, analytics and some of those things. And uh, again, sorry, you don't get to hear it tonight because I didn't hit record. So there's that. However, we can move on now to the rematch of Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. These guys fought back in December where Volkanovsky came away with a pretty one-sided decision. Uh, there, there weren't many, if any, uh, refs 
or judges, even on the, uh, the website where it shows like UFC statistics, it breaks down all these other judges that are allowed to, uh, to vote on the fights. Nobody had Holloway winning. So um, the biggest thing that I took away from it back in December was that Holloway, he wasn't, he was very susceptible to the leg kick, right? So he was, he was not checking the kicks. He was kind of ducking away from it, trying to jump back as if he wasn't prepared for that, for that style. Um, it, it just, so he looked the entire night to be on the losing end of the exchanges for punches. Uh, he was outstruck in that fight. And again, like I said, the leg kicks were a very deciding factor. Now you go back and you watch his fight camp preview, very secretive, didn't let on a lot, didn't feel he was ever out of that fight. Also didn't really give much, uh, credence into those leg kicks, but look, we get it. You're a fighter name one fighter who's ever admitted that they lost the fight, right? That, that, that's what I wouldn't expect anything less from, from Max Holloway. Conversely, uh, you watch the fight camp preview for Volkanovski and he's very, you know, he's, he seems to be embracing the moment. He's also letting you in on everything the guy's doing from training those leg kicks. So clearly that's going to be a, fo- a point of emphasis for him in this next uh, fight coming up tomorrow. Um, but I also feel like he may be, I don't know, he, he may be uh, enjoying the fact that he's the champ a little too much. Um, Holloway, again, he's been champ before. He's kind of ran that division for the last several years. He is a very, uh, he's a veteran fighter, obviously, a veteran champion. Uh, he is the taller fighter. He is the lengthier fighter. Uh, as my brother broke down that you don't get to hear because I didn't hit record as I keep going back and mentioning uh, the height thing is a big issue when it comes to fighting or when it comes to punching, right? You're the taller fighter. You gain more leverage, more power because you are punching down. You're the shorter fighter like Volkanovski is. You lose some of that ability because you're punching up, right? Again, also another big point that he made, Holloway could have an issue when it comes to his punches if Volkanovski is landing those leg kicks. Where does your power come from from punching? Your legs. If your legs are taking a big beating, it's hard to flex those, those, those quads to get that power if you're worrying about, if you're dealing with some of that, uh, kind of that culminating effect or uh, that effect that takes place from you taking so many of those leg kicks. Um, again, my take on it is Holloway is a plus 170 underdog, right? So Volkanovski is the favorite. Uh, most people see this going his way. I am looking at this from a gambling perspective and the opportunity and the ability to make money. I think the value is on Max Holloway to regain his belt, win a decision, and I look forward to that happening tomorrow. So my brother, he took Volkanovski. He took Jan in the previous fight, as we both did, and I in this fight am going to take Max Holloway. So Max Holloway at plus 170 is what I got it at. I think that number has the proper or has the uh, it has the potential to creep down a little bit because I feel like there's going to be some late money on Holloway, but I would go ahead and get in on that. Take Max Holloway to get that win, and we move on now to the main event, right? Tomorrow, Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Oh, there was a ton discussed on this fight. Uh, the biggest takeaway I, I had because I did write it down because it was something I was going to use to promote what he did say is that. You got to understand what's going on here. Uh, when this was announced, Jorge Masvidal was a plus 225 underdog, huge underdog, as any fighter should be when you take a fight on one week's notice and you fly halfway across the world and you have to adjust not only to the weather, to the time zone, to all those factors that go into uh, taking something like this, uh, a championship fight at such short notice, right? 
But keep in mind, this worked out very well several weeks ago for Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. Same thing, right? Took the fight on a week's notice, got in there and uh, made the weight, made the cut, and he took the fight to Tony Ferguson the whole way. Why? Last minute replacements, according to my brother, and, and you know, when you think about it, it tends to favor the guy coming in as the replacement. Why? No pressure. You're going in there to do something that you weren't expected to do. You have all the pressure in this case on Usman, who just went through an eight week training camp to prepare and fight um, Gilbert Burns, who unfortunately tested positive for COVID-19. That's why he's out. Now, another thing I discussed, okay. I brought up when this fight was originally announced, because if we go all the way back, you know, several months ago, you had this big kind of like social media, YouTube, Joe Rogan episodes. You had this whole kind of back and forth where everybody was expecting Usman and Masvidal to fight, right? You thought that was going to be the next uh, title fight. Didn't happen. Wasn't going to happen. Obviously, like I said, Burns was announced to fight him. And uh, Gilbert Burns just fought, uh, like, what, two, three months ago? Uh, if, if less than that. And I didn't think the guy was ready. I really didn't. I felt like uh, the fight that he just had kind of tested him. It, it hurt him, obviously, as every fight does. You are going to get knocked, uh, knocked around, banged up, and hurt. I felt like that had a lot of impact on him. And they rushed him to fight. And sure enough, I feel and this could be my conspiracy theory brain working, I feel he wasn't ready to fight, and so they decided to announce him as testing positive for COVID-19. Now, counter to that, the guy is Brazilian. There's a ton of Brazilian, uh, there's a ton of Brazilians, period, starting to test positive for COVID-19. The president of all, play, of all things, for all people, has tested positive himself. So, you know, maybe that is the actual explanation for it. However, we get full circle back to what we all were expecting and wanting was Kamaru Usman versus Roy Masvidal. And now we got that fight and that one's going to happen. And my brother feels that if this was a standard training camp for both fighters, you know, eight week fight camp, whatever, not a lot would go Masvidal's way. He'd be an even heavier underdog and he doesn't see that, Masvidal would be able to be very efficient or effective in fighting Usman. Kamar Usman is the best fighter in the division. Uh, the guy is the best wrestler in the division currently. He's only lost once, whereas, you know, Masvidal is the definition of a journeyman fighter. He's like a better version, in my opinion, at this point than a Nate Diaz. Same type of guy, right? Um, we saw him tune up Diaz, but they're careers have been very similar. You know, Diaz has had some very high points, but for the most part, he's been a fighter who is never going to be the champ, right? He feels the same way about Masvidal. Uh, I think another thing that has been very uh, eye-opening when it comes to the gambling line or the betting line on this fight is that when this was announced, Masvidal was a plus 225 underdog, which means if you bet $100, you get 225, right? that's been bet down to plus 185, which means there's a ton of money coming in on Masvidal to lower it that much. Um, and you can look at that two ways. You can look at that as that, hey, Vegas feels they screwed up with that initial line. They're trying to adjust because they feel like they may have put too little value on Masvidal. Or 
it's the fans, right? It's the fan support that Masvidal has because he's very well liked. He's become a huge household name amongst the fight community. And uh, he's just affable. He's a very down-to-earth dude. He's, he's been a fighter his entire life. He, there's nothing uh, fake or pretentious or uh, anything that kind of turns people off about him. He's just a very honest, forthright individual. And I think people respond to that. People respond to fighters like him, like a McGregor. Not as accomplished, obviously, because Conor McGregor is a two-division two world champ. Uh, obviously has the same magnetic type of personality, same good talk game. Uh, but, you know, I don't think Masvidal is ever going to be one of those guys who's going to throw a, a chair through a bus window because he's, you know, just having a moment, right? But again, he's on that level. He's kind of carved out and created a very big name for himself by just, for lack of a better phrase, being himself. Whereas Mara Usman, I think, is the exact opposite. I don't think this guy is very well liked at all by anybody and I don't think it's anything against him aside from the fact that he just doesn't have he doesn't come off as authentic I feel like he has to talk because no one else will talk about him yes the guy's what, what he's 16 and 1 he's only lost one fight he's a great fighter but nothing about him stands out yes he can punch yes he can wrestle yes he's a good fighter Obviously, he's the best fighter in the division. He is the champ. He's only lost one time. I believe it was a decision. But I feel he spends more time trying to convince you of how good he is than anyone saying it for him. And his personality is just not, it, again, to use the word authentic, I don't think it comes off as authentic. I think we go back to the time when he was on the Joe Rogan show talking about, or the podcast, and he's talking about, oh, yeah, Masvidal, like, yeah, that's a dude to watch. And then he brings him back on a few weeks later after Masvidal started, you know, making a name for himself. It might have been after the Ben Askren knockout or the Darren Till one. But either way, um, he's on there going, who, who, you know, trying to act like he doesn't know who this guy is. And I get there's a, there's a component to the fight game, but come on, man. Like, don't be inauthentic when it's time to talk about people you should respect. And of course, when it comes to people that you could potentially be fighting in the future, I don't think fighting is, or, or the fight game and UFC as a whole benefits from opponents disrespecting each other. Now I get it. You know, you want to hype the fight and all, but this was not what the UFC was 10 years ago. It just wasn't. It's, it's gone a completely different direction uh, to where the promotion is sometimes more than the actual fight itself, right? Um, if you think about the UFC 10 years ago, most of the guys were, you know, college wrestlers who had, you know, what's a college wrestler going to do after he graduates college? Uh, there's not a lot other than the Olympics, maybe, you know, so you got into fighting. So these were very, edu they were educated individuals. Um, and not to downplay those who don't go to college, but it was a different sport and it kind of shifted as uh, mixed martial arts grew and grew and it, you know, kind of encompassed people who, weren't going to college as wrestlers. Um, and I think it took a very large element from boxing when it came to just trash talk and all that stuff, which is very entertaining. Conor McGregor being a great example of it, right? Probably the best trash talker we've ever seen. However, it can be very disrespectful at times. It can turn a lot of people off. But uh, to bring it back, I think Usman falls in that category. I feel like he, he doesn't know who he is as a fighter. Um, from a personality standpoint, and I think he's constantly trying to sell himself. Now, back to the fight itself. 
my brother feels like he's going to take a decision here. Probably that's the most likely outcome. Um, but again, to go at all to, or to bring it back to what he said, the last minute replacement tends to favor the replacement because of all the external factors to go into that. And again, the, I also mentioned, we bring it back to Justin Gaethje. We saw how effective he was with Tony Ferguson. The only thing that I am concerned about, and I brought this up before with him, you know, when we weren't recording, is that uh, one week's notice, 20 pound weight cut. Uh, I want to say it's about a seven hour time difference, seven hour time difference. And then the weather on top of that, it's the, uh, it's the United Arab Emirates, the Middle East in the summer. It is not comfortable, right? I get it, they're fighting indoors. However, there's still a component to uh, acclimating to the weather, the time zone, and all those other factors. So uh, a lot to watch. I think the value on the opportunity to make money is on Masvidal. I will not in any, I will not in any way be surprised if uh, Kamaru Usman comes out as the winner. Because uh, like Daniel Cormier said, uh, this is a no-lose situation for Masvidal. He takes the fight on a week's notice. He wins. Why wasn't he fighting all this time? He's the champ. He's probably going to ascend and transcend the sport and become bigger than Conor McGregor because he has the American public behind him. He is an American, and at the end of the day, uh, no foreign fighter will ever be as big as an American champion. You look at John Jones, right? He doesn't have Mas or he doesn't have McGregor's uh, personality, but for all the the hatred John Jones gets, or John Jones gets, he's still the biggest fighter in the world, right? Um, but also, you know, again, if he loses, why was he? Why would he win? It's been it's, he he took this fight on a week's notice, right? And then on top of that, if he wins, great. If he loses, no one expects him to lose, and he's getting paid. He's getting that payday that he wanted because that is the ultimate reason that he is in this situation. If UFC did not pay him what he wanted, he wouldn't have took the fight, but he did. So he might, that means he got his money as well, right? So again, I feel like everything Daniel Cormier said, everything leading up to this fight. Uh, is in Masvidal's favor. He just has to go out there and perform. Um, I don't think anyone, aside from certain betters and Masvidal's camp, friends, family, uh, you know, probably a lot of people do, but for the most part, everyone kind of expects Usman to win this fight because he is, you know, he, he's the champ. I think he's the more well-rounded fighter, but I think Masvidal is very dangerous. And I think his, his personality, his makeup, his demeanor, I think he has a lot going for him. Uh, if he wins, I will not be surprised. If he loses, I will not be surprised at. But it is the main reason I bought this card because a week ago I wasn't doing it. I was just going to bet it. Uh, but the addition to Masvidal to the card has made me purchase this one. And I, like hopefully all of you, are very excited to watch these three championship bouts take place. Great undercard as well. And I put up my picks on Twitter. So if you, you want to give me a follow go look at Eric or at Eric TWBB for there will be bourbon again, like subscribe and follow this page on YouTube and Apple podcasts as well as Spotify. And I just ton of other places, but go ahead, leave a review, subscribe, like it, share it. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And I do promise next time I will do the non rookie mistake and actually have my brother uh, visible to you and audible because we will record it. So, Look forward to seeing you guys next week. Little preview. Uh, I had mentioned this before on Twitter, but the outposts, a movie making its rounds. 
I will be bringing on a member of the United States Army who was in that battle at Cobb Keating. So uh, look forward to that this week. That should be up. And uh, we'll see you on the next UFC, uh, UFC 252, I believe, for the next Fight Island fight. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.